Welcome to the Intersect Podcast. This time is devoted to empowering people to hear testimony of transforming lives and growing in excellence. The goal of these stories is to unlock, ignite, and activate the God-given potential and talents in every listener. I'm so thankful you can be here, and let's get to our guest. My friend Dylan is a prime example of someone who has walked through life's journey navigating the difference between religion and relationship, business and blessing, leadership and love. He's a family man, he's a devoted father, he's an amazing husband, and he's someone who I know pursues blessing because he's blessed rather than blessing to be blessed. It's an honor to be able to introduce Dylan to you today, and I'm so excited that you get to listen to him process through the difference between religion and relationship with God and process through the various other topics that he's going to talk about. So without further ado, let's get to Dylan Van Mebrin. Here we go. Welcome, Dylan, to the podcast. Thank you, Gordon. <laughs> as uh, the second guest, and as we are traveling to go pick up my daughter right now to uh, pick her up from school, we're doing a traveling podcast. We don't really know how the quality of this podcast is going to sound. Yep. But I thank you for bringing me my new speaker. You are so welcome. And uh, in future podcasts, uh, hopefully there will be a consistent theme of uh, a place where the acoustics are wonderful and there's not a dull roaring of a car. Right. Hopefully uh, no car crashes either. <laughs> right. So I asked you to be on the podcast uh, roughly a week ago. Yep. And I gave you no timeline of when that would happen. And you didn't agree necessarily. But uh, today I had a... Uh, sick family member and had to be home and so I asked you if you would spontaneously make this happen to uh, fulfill my commitment to our audience to get them a podcast every Tuesday so here we are here we are I'm ready Uh, the first part of the podcast is talking about how we know each other and uh, it's a time just to reflect on uh, however many stories it takes to give the audience clarity on how we know each other. For yeah. some guests, it will be less than five minutes because right. I won't know them very well. <laughs> and then other guests I have known for years. Right. And I get to travel uh, some stories with our audience. So that's about where we are. We are about a couple of years in now. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I definitely know the the story that comes to mind for me of how we know each other, uh, at least where that diving board is in my mind. Uh, do you want to share your story first, or do you want me to share mine? Um, man, I'll start. I'll I'll, I'll start. Okay. Okay. We so we, me and Gordon, worked together as painters at Select Painting, the venerable, the honorable, and uh, I had known of Gordon for a really long time. And I could identify him because, like, he was the weird hippie-looking dude. Right. 
who always had like weird hair, crazy beard, uh, hipster sunglasses. Yes. And I always knew who Gordon was and like his reputation at work for being a very Christian man. Huh. And for a really long time, um, I was like, man, I got to get on this guy's team because <laughs> I'm a Christian and he's a Christian. Let's get together. <laughs> and so we never got together <laughs> for for at least the first year of me working at Select. Right. Then finally, um, God, when was the, I think I came to help you on one of your houses. I recall the house. I can remember yeah. what it looked like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, hey, Gordon. You're like, hey, Dylan. We never really formally met, so let's just talk a little bit. And then the very first time that we met, I had been uh, tinkering around in my brain the idea of starting a nonprofit painting organization. It took off from there. Our friendship exploded, <laughs> ignited the fire. Yeah, it did. And then since then, uh, we, had, we had worked together a little bit. Yeah. We had deep, deep theological discussions. Yep. To the point where I said, there's no way that we could talk about anything else. I remember that. Yeah, because it was like 10 hours straight of right. deep. And we're like, okay, that's it. We exhausted it. There's no other topics. And then the very next day, we spent another 10 hours yeah. in deep theological discussion. Is that what the missionary came to our room, our room as well? That, yeah, that yeah. That During that thing. time. Yeah, 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 yeah. King James Version of the Bible is the only version. According to this according, missionary. Yeah, according to our buddy, whose name was... I don't remember. Oh, darn. Starts, yeah. But yeah, and then so since then, our relationship has only grown. Uh, to this day, we call each other at least once a week. Yep. Probably more. We want to talk more, yeah. Right. For the sake of fellowship and yep. for the sake of iron sharpening iron. Yes. And to be brothers. Brothers right. in Christ. That's awesome. Which is just so important. So that that's me and Gordon. That's so good. So what I think about is uh, driving to um, Iowa to uh, finish the Hilton Garden Inn oh, yeah. with Dylan and uh, a small army of select painters. And uh, this drive was uniquely uh, preceding mm -hmm. a very uh, life-changing uh, experience you might call it a breakthrough. A breakthrough <laughs> in my in my uh, in my family's faith journey. Um, I, I think you said breakthrough because we were just completing the breakthrough, breakthrough weekend, weekend yeah. at our uh, church in Sioux Falls, and um, I was basically testifying to Dylan all the things that I had been thinking about, yeah. had been experiencing uh, with my family and uh, and and fellow believers at church uh, over the previous weeks and so uh, I remember just sharing testimony basically the whole way there that's like an hour yep and uh, I think I shared testimony with uh, James Uthie, uh the the rest of the day and uh, I'm guessing we drove back and I don't remember the drive back at all neither so <laughs> probably just recovered <laughs> So uh, that's where I remember really talking to Dylan and in, in, in significantly being aware of his uh, receptiveness as a friend, 
and as a as a as a man who I could trust to share not perfect things with, not things that like I had all figured out, and uh, I, even at times theologically I was like I was on one side and I'm on the other side and I, I'm just wrestling with what I believe, and and as a man uh, he was able to just listen and uh, and not like criticize or correct me or. Uh, try to fix every mistake that I was making theologically. He just did a great job listening. And uh, I had really never experienced someone who could do that <laughs> and, and, and not have like this blow up of sorts, you know, in the moment or later have the uh, big falling out of disagreement. Right. So I feel like that's the foundation of our friendship yeah. is we are secure in our faith. Yep. And we've never written down, you know, belief by belief, mm-hmm. what we think. I have actually. Okay, I haven't. Yeah. You, you are. You're, you're sworn in. Yes. Yeah. What is seminary that trained? Seminary trained. Yeah. And uh, so under what affiliation? N- all of the above. Christian. All of the above. <laughs> Christian. Uh, so, you, so correct me. Help me remember the details there. Uh, usually, when you go to seminary, yeah. uh, to get ordained, you have to basically what you have to submit a credo of what you believe right and you have or haven't finished that (laughs) man i'm still writing it you're still writing it Uh, i love that to this day it just it changes (laughs) man it changes yeah and uh (laughs) you know so i i entered seminary thinking i'd be a baptist then i thought i was a lutheran then i thought i was a catholic then i was married as a Lutheran. Now I'm a Presbyterian, but I don't like Presbyterianism in general. And so, man, so I'm like, I'm like Assemblies of God Pentecostal that wants to be a Catholic Wesleyan. <laughs> That's it. So it changes every day. Like my creed is the Apostles' Creed, which never changes ever. Amen. And That's the Word so of good. God never changes ever. <laughs> right. But guess what? Our experiences change. Uh, the way that life hits us day by day changes. And so the words of scripture hit us differently. Our Bible is a living Bible, not in the sense that it changes, but in the sense that we change. That's so good. So that's just a, a, a little sneak peek at what we're going to yes. jump into for the rest of this podcast. Um, I'm excited to get into uh, listening to stories that Dylan's going to share with us. And uh, thanks so much for listening to part one. Stay tuned. Alright, Dylan, we're jumping into stories, and we haven't uh, discussed what you're going to share yet, so I get the <laughs> awesome opportunity just to let you have uh, the mic and uh, share with us uh, as many stories as, uh, as, as, as you are convicted to share. So, no time frame, mm-hmm. and uh, story number one, what comes to mind? Well, well, and we'll see. I know what this story is, so I'll say it, and then we'll see where I go from there. Um, so we're going to talk about blessing, which is particularly important in my life as a pastor, um, as, a, as a person who 
takes care of a flock as a shepherd, which means more than just overseeing their well-being, but also equipping them to be well to others as well. Hmm. You know, I think of Abraham's call, Abraham's blessing, which is to that God would bless Abraham so that he could be a blessing to others. So good. And my whole life is kind of that. <laughs> it's kind of, you know. Uh, you say in, 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 in laughter, I, I receive it in the most humility. Yeah. He's, he, you are the most humble person when it comes to um, what that really means. And I try. Uh, so my first story is this most recent Christmas. Um, I'm incredibly privileged. I'm almost embarrassingly so. Because I have a grandma, Sandy, who gives gifts to her children. Um, that's her way of communicating her love. It's really, really hard to get her to say, I love you. Um... But if you ask her for a $100 bill, she will just give you $100 without blinking. That's fascinating because I feel like I rarely have um, come across someone whose genuine love language is gifts. Yeah, definitely so my grandma that Sandy. sounds like Sandy. Yeah. Um, and she's been that way for my entire life. So just, but just within the context of our most recent Christmas. So what she does is she begins buying Christmas gifts for next year's Christmas in January. And she spends all year long and she spends all of her husband's money, which is my grandpa Randy, um, buying gifts for her children. And now, now, you know, we taught her how to use Amazon. So it's like even more disastrous, but all year <laughs> long, she buys gifts for her grandchildren, her great grandchildren not so much her children anymore because they're all, you know, 40-something <laughs> years old. They can buy their own gosh darn gifts. Yeah. Um, she stores them all in the basement. And then on Christmas Eve, we have an actual assembly line of humans set up <laughs> bringing all of the gifts from her storage facility in the basement. Uh upstairs and it takes like two hours just to haul up all the presents i can show wow. you a picture um it's gross it's gross we had something like 25 people at our christmas and it took a solid hour and a half just to open all of the <laughs> gifts not including uh getting them up not including no. getting them in the right cars no, just to open so i have a one and a half year old daughter her name's everly she got so many presents that she got bored opening them. Because <laughs> there were so many. And so, and for me, you know, I'm, I'm 26 years old. I feel like I'm more than capable of providing for myself. And yet, my grandma Sandy gives me unnecessary gifts um, without me even asking for it. She got me a tool set. She got me um, a coffee maker. But all of the nicest things that I have were gifts for my grandma Sandy. My van, my dad van, my minivan, mm. our bed, uh, the pots and pans that I use. Um, all of the nicest things that I own, well, I guess, I, you know, yeah. were, were gifts for my grandma Sandy. Wow. And it's been that way for, for my whole life. You know, every few months she gives us gift cards to Hy-Vee. 
um, wow. so that, you know, we can, and she just, she knows, she knows that life is expensive and her way of showing her love is giving gifts like that. So that's what I grew up with. Yeah. Um, seeing that kind of unprompted generosity from my grandma Sandy has formed my character Hmm. um, in such a degree that that's what I want to do as a pastor. Um, That's what I want my churches to do. And for some reason in our culture, and I suppose it's probably, you know, part of the American dream is to blame, but we think that we need to hoard um, all of our finances so that we can buy nicer things so that we can, you know, beat the Andersons next door. Yeah. Or we can buy a bigger TV or get an upgrade on our phones um, that we don't pay any attention to blessing others. Mm. And I think there's so much riches, so many riches, I don't know the grammar, in blessing others because that's what Jesus does for us. Yeah. Um, You know, his whole, the whole gospel is God doing something for us that we didn't deserve. We didn't deserve his grace at all. We didn't deserve him uh, coming onto this world and taking on flesh and being murdered upon a cross. We didn't deserve it. We didn't do anything. Right. And yet he did it for us without us asking for it. Right. um, Without us deserving it in any way. Yeah. And so as a Christian, as a leader in my church, and as a grandson, um, it's always been my desire to do the same thing that my grandma Sandy continues to do. She will continue to do until her husband retires and the money dries up so wow. she can't do it anymore. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Thanks for that awesome story. Yeah. Uh, I think that is super inspiring and challenging and I'm excited to uh, think about it more in the equipping section. Mm. We'll uh, take a break and we'll get to another story. <laughs> I got permission from Dylan to jump into some more spontaneous uh, question time to uh, spark some stories. And so uh, I want to start with uh, just Dylan, I know that you've journeyed through faith for longer than I have as I, as I came to faith in 2011 um, at the age of 21. Um, you've had a longer history of navigating uh, church and what that has looked like um, and, and how that has affected where you are in your faith now. And so would you just share with us, you know, what, what a little bit of your upbringing has been and, and how that's, you know, still affecting you and, and you see that kind of affecting your true north, uh, you know, even today. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I was, I was baptized as a seven-year-old, as a Wesleyan. Um, my dad, who is a pastor... Uh, he's still a pastor, but he's been a pa- he's been my personal pastor hmm. since I was 
about 10 years old or so. So I obviously went to his churches. And both of the first churches that he served at were very, very small. Um, the average person was 65 years old at least. So me and my sister were by far <laughs> the youngest people in the building. Yeah. Probably the youngest people that stepped foot in those buildings since 68. Wow. Um, and that's what I grew up with. And that was kind of what was normal for me. That was the church-going experience. You know, we had an organist that played very poorly. Um, we sang old, dusty hymns. And the only reason that we sung them was because we knew them. Mm -hmm. You know, there was no mm -hmm. genuine worship going on. Wow. There was singing of songs. But no one reflected about the words. Wow. And, you know, and no one... Um, no one was in an active state of of lifting that music and those words up to God in a present way. So that's, you know, that's just what I grew up with. And that's what was normal. Um, and so, you know, we, uh, I drifted through denominations my whole life. Um, you know, I said I was baptized as a Wesleyan, then I was free Methodist, then I was non-denominational. That church met in the basement of a funeral home. Wow. That's not a joke. <laughs> right. We, uh, that was in Marshall, <laughs> Minnesota. And we didn't have a church building, so we met wherever we could. And the local funeral home let us meet in their basement. And it, just as a quick aside, the one memory I have of that place is during, our, uh, during the business meetings, me and my sister got to go watch VeggieTales next to the morgue. Wow. And, uh... Oh. So I rem I still remember that door. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Apparently the resurrection didn't happen yet. We would have known it because they would have come crawling out of the morgue. <laughs> we would have been the first. Um, yeah. So, and then, and then I became Baptist again during high school. Um, dabbled in Lutheranism. Was trained in church planting in the United Methodist Church. Uh, got married as a Lutheran, and now currently I'm a Presbyterian, free Lutheran pastor. I have, I have two churches. Yeah. Um, and and um, the thing that I see today is that the same stuff that was going on in the churches when I was 10 years old is still going on to this day. Wow. Um, I would probably say in the vast majority of small churches, hmm. especially in South Dakota, um, especially at least in the areas in which we live, in yeah. which I live, yeah. the same kind of stuff is going on. Um, dead worship, dead fellowship for the most part. You know, people get together on Sunday morning and leave as quickly as possible. Yeah. Uh, they might have coffee with each other and cookies if you're lucky. But there's no intentional kind of discipleship making, disciple growing, or a genuine desire to do life with each other. As you know, I hate that phrase. Do you want to do life with me? But it's an appropriate one here. Yeah. And I think, you know, probably part of that is a generational kind of thing. Uh, some of that also is probably technology. But in both of the church situations that I stepped into as pastor, I still see evidences 
of that same kind of complacency and um, lack of desire for relationship building that I experienced in my first churches uh, attending my dad's church as a 10-year-old. Wow. And that's navigating then, you know, we're going to wrap, you know, close to 20 years here, you know, and you're 26, so a little ways off, but uh, 20 years of church experience. Yep. And you're still seeing evidence of of what you saw 20 years ago, almost. Right, right. So when you think about, um, obviously we're going to get to a, an equipping section in the podcast, and so we'll be able to to encourage our, our listeners with you know practical tools, um, what they can bring into their church, um, how they can start their own church, etc. Yeah. Um, so we'll get to all that, but uh, but I think you know our our audience, including myself, are just like, how do you feel from those experiences, and what stories come to mind that uh, that continue to give you this fire to burn bright and mm. be an extension uh, that you haven't really experienced other than from Grandma Sandy. Right. There is something that I have seen in you that burns bright and burns long and, you know, God provides a log that seems to last, you know, a <laughs> supernaturally long time mm-hmm. in regards to just the, the hope that you maintain and the joy that you maintain. And so, so what's what's going on in all that like what what is uh you know what's going on in your heart what feelings continue to get moved to um to again that true north of what you believe yeah well you know i think um god puts you through trials for very specific purposes um and, you know, I think it's Timothy Keller that says the man who endures 10,000 pains is equipped to be a pastor. <laughs> He's finally equipped after 10,000 trials. Wow. And I think that's definitely the case with me. Um, you know, with blessing on my heart and in my character, I think that's the cure hmm. of the problem that faces um, rural churches in South Dakota. I love that. It's blessing. I love that. Oh, it's blessing. That's right. all you got to do. I love the, the image of a cure when I think about some, something being injured or there's, it's been, you know, um, sick for yeah. a long time. And, yeah. and it's like, we don't know what's wrong. Right. And they don't, they don't even know that anything is wrong. Right. Is, is part of, you know, how would you ever know that you have cancer? And you're, and you know, have tumors all over your body, unless you go to the doctor and get a PET scan. Yeah. You know, if you don't, if if no one lets you know that something is wrong, then you will go on not knowing until it gets so bad yeah. that you die. Yeah. yeah. And so, I think the cure to the problem of complacency in the church is blessing. Yeah. So I think. In, in in the last stories that I think we would just be super encouraged to hear that'll transition um, you know our hearts into the equipping is is of 
I know that I can think of a, a dozen stories of, of what you've gone after to be a blessing from from being blessed I know dozens of stories but uh, do you want to share one or two that come to mind as far as just what you've stepped out in faith to do whether whether it's the east-west painting or whether it's just thinking about the city in a bigger context or whether it's um, thinking about your you know uh, churches uh, and in the different um, ways that you could increase fellowship to be a blessing to each other in in your in your local communities um what stories come to mind and and uh and and that'll naturally kind of pop up some of the obstacles that came uh against those blessings um at least the intentions of blessing and 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 then uh beyond the obstacles you know if you would share the outcomes yeah um man i have at least three things that pop immediately to mind yeah what are they just share Um, that topically um, East-West painting, I tried really, really hard to launch. I was going to paint families for... Or paint families. <laughs> families' houses, yeah. Paint houses for families yeah. that could never afford it. Uh, because painting is, you know, honestly, it's an expensive yeah. uh, thing. And that failed on a grand level. And even when I thought that God had certainly ordained it and would bless it... Right. Um it totally was destroyed. And now, and now it, it does still exist. And now I do actually still have people lined up whose houses I'm going to paint wow. now. Wow. Um, but the way that that has transpired was definitely not the way that I thought, you know, God had to destroy me before he could build me again. Wow. Um, and now he is building me again and it's really hard to get over that destruction part. Wow. But man, I'm glad he did it. Hmm. Um, but, but just uh, to continue in the theme of church, the cure for the church problem, one of the very first things that I did in, in one of the churches where I'm pastor is we did a soup sandwich, soup, yeah, just soup and sandwich lunch. And we put it on for the whole town of Parker, completely free. Um, we invited everybody. And the sole purpose was so that we could just bless you. Right. (laughs) Like we're going to, we're just going to spend our money on food so that you can be blessed. Everybody. Yes. We ask nothing in return. So good. And some people inevitably wanted to give something because they feel like, you know, they had to. Right. And so we designated all that money, not going back to the church building. Instead, we gave it to the public school uh, to be used towards student lunch debt. That's awesome. Because there's a lot of debt in the school. So good. Um, so it was a one-two punch of blessing. That's so good. Oh. Double portion. Oh, it's so like, good. man, we just want to give to you. We just want to bless you. And then we don't want anything in return. In fact, <laughs> if you want us to give something or want to give something to us, we're just we're going to continue that blessing stream yeah. and go bless someone else. Will you share the brief testimony of the, of the uh, I believe it was a single mom and her kiddos that yeah. went to that sandwich and soup. And then didn't they end up coming on a Sunday and you had the, the girl read? Is that that story? Oh, no, that was that was different. That totally was different. different church? Totally, totally different, different story? Church. Yeah, totally different Oh, that's story. an awesome story. But that, yeah, but, you know, the, one one thing that I didn't like about this was all the people who came to our community lunch 
were people who could afford lunch. Hmm. You know, wow. they were all people, all well-to-do people in the community. There was only one family, I would say, that came. Um, it was a single mom who was also taking care of her mother, who was in a wheelchair, and she had four or five kids. Wow. They were all, you know, dressed in hand-me-downs. Um, that was the one family that came. And so what we chose to do was bless the socks out of that family. We gave all of the sandwiches, all of our leftover sandwiches to her. Wow. All of the leftover soup to her. And we didn't even want her to come to church. You know, as, a, as the pastor who was leading this thing, I carried out all of the sandwiches to her car. And yeah. I'm not trying to toot my own horn in any way. No. Um, but I didn't give her my business card, my pastor card, anything like that. I just want to be the hands and feet of Jesus to this lady mm -hmm. without trying to be coercive in any way. Right. And that means not even inviting her to church. Right. Because if we, if I did that, if I blessed I with it. the underlying desire for her to come to my church, yeah. then I'm secretly just trying to buy her membership. Right. And that's not it. Right. Man. It's such a test, but uh, someone in that position, they are hyper aware of um, subtleties. Absolutely. They're, they're hyper aware of, is he going to make me owe him anything? Right. And by, right, giving you that card, it's, it, it, it communicates that you kind of owe me. Right. Now. Like, hey, Jesus loves you. Hey, now do you want to come to our church? <laughs> it's like, yeah. no, 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 no. Just Jesus loves you and that's it. That's so good, man. And if the Spirit of God wants her yeah. to come to your church, yeah. to enter into your fellowship, yeah. your community of believers, then that's something that the Spirit does. That's not something that we should. Right. Um, and it's yeah. such a fine line. I mean, because both you and I know that genuinely you could have invited her. Yep. You are welcome here anytime. Right. So... We're, we're navigating authenticity, but then also being obedient to the Spirit. Right. And so in that moment, I believe that you are being obedient to the Spirit, being silent, being slow to speak, being quick to listen. Right. And that's what I think was that experience. That being said, you know, our audience can also, you know, take you know, notes and, 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 in the equipping, I think we should mention like, yeah, we can, we can definitely still invite people to church, Yeah, but yeah, don't, don't hear me wrong. Right. <laughs> right. We can invite people to church, but most importantly, yeah, his will, not our will right. be done. Amen. I am so excited to, uh, to transition into the equipping and, challenge portion of our podcast it's gonna be good um has uh has anything else come on your heart as far as a story before we uh before we transition into those you know one thing i'll tell you is that it's really really hard um even if your heart is a heart of blessing towards other people it's really hard to get other people on board with you um to share the same level of passion as you have because we've just grown so accustomed to everything being transactional. Yeah. And it's just, it's really hard to overcome. Yeah. But if you do. Yeah. 
oh man, there's so much joy. Right. There's so much joy. And I found that um, you get the one thing that I always pray for specifically of the Holy Spirit is the vitality of the Spirit, the life-giving power that the Spirit of God gives. That's so good. And I find that when I am blessing others in whatever capacity, I get just this unreasonable amount of life. Wow. And it's wow. that even translates into like physical energy. Wow. Like if I'm, you know, there's a food drive that I help with, and I'm, again, I'm not trying to. Yeah. But, wow. but when I pray for the vitality of the spirit, I get I can carry food to people's cars with like an incredible amount of strength, yeah. and I don't get tired. Yeah. And it, and it's like because I want to bless in this way, the spirit equips me very uniquely with with this life right oh so stay tuned we're gonna we're gonna discuss how you can how you can experience this vitality so good as well so we have traveled uh small part of sioux falls during this Mm -hmm. podcast Mm -hmm. We have made it back to my house, and we are going to jump back into uh, the podcast in the section. We're going to be talking about what it looks like to take our stories and apply practical tools and equip us with you know, what it looks like to, to practice these things spiritually and and within the context of, uh, you know, leadership development and, and applying it in the business world and what it all looks like. Yeah. So one of the things that I think came out of our talking off air that I think we can uh, kind of dive into is the idea of blessing is a supernatural Action, yeah. And what I shared with you briefly is uh, from Genesis after the fall, the Lord cursed the ground, mm-hmm. and I think both metaphorically uh, and literally, um, what is happening on the ground on Earth and what is happening inside of our soul, as far as what comes out of it. It's not naturally good. Right. It takes work. Right. And what we have to do to the ground to produce corn, beans in this area takes a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And what we have to do in our soul can also take a lot of work. Yes. And what I'm excited to talk about (laughs) is it's the work of the Holy Spirit, but our participation in really agreeing with him to do the work mm. and partnering with him in listening to the small things that he says, do this, don't do this, mm. take this out, leave this in, put this thing in. He gives a lot of directing yeah. in the process of getting our soil prepared in our soul for the faith, the seed of faith, and the various fruit 
that will accompany his presence in us. Well said. And so as we set the stage there, will you talk to us, Dylan, from your experience, what obstacles you faced to really help us understand what it looks like to be a blessing in the world, knowing that it's uh, not from this world that we are blessing people from. Mm. And will you just kind of unpack that for me? Uh, you know, you and I, this is a pretty natural conversation for us, yeah. but uh, I don't know if everyone else has these type of conversations. Right. So uh, <laughs> we're about a thousand feet up right now. So can you bring us back to, to a sea level here yes. and what is going on yes. in, 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 in what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, my heart is to bless. And as I have discovered time after time is that it's really, really hard. Um, even though I am extremely passionate about it, and, and just as a bit of context, passion means that you're willing to suffer for something. That's why they call it Jesus' passion, is, it, is because he was suffering. Um, when you're passionate about blessing, that means that you, need, that you are willing to suffer on behalf of it. And I have certainly found that uh, to be real. You know, the, the nonprofit that I tried very, very hard to establish um, absolutely failed. Um, we spent $2,500. Uh, we got a grant for $2,500. We spent it all on fundraising. And my prayer going into this thing was, God, would you either fully fund us, like bless our socks off so we don't even know how to steward it, or would you give us zero dollars and zero cents? I remember that. Right? Like, if this thing isn't your will, I don't want a penny. Right. Like, I just want to, I want it to be so clear. And if you can believe it, even after spending $2,500 on fundraising. And marketing. And, and marketing. And documentation and official yeah. letterhead. Hours and, and hours. Things. Handwritten letters, yes. you guys. I sent 100 Handwritten letters to a, a to a in need neighborhood right. that needed specifically targeted. After all that, can you guess how much money we got in fundraising? Zero dollars. Zero dollars. Zero cents. And man, that was a kick in the spiritual teeth. Yeah. Because I thought God is in the business of blessing. Yeah. I want to bless. Yeah. Why in the world did God not bless my blessing so I could bless? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so that was, that's one really good example of the world not being on board with the supernatural source of why we want to bless. Yeah. <sighs> that's just one example. I could, I could go on and think of others, all the obstacles to blessing. You know, even in the context of the church, it's very difficult to convince Christian people that blessing is good <laughs> and worthwhile. Yeah. Um, I should say blessing without receiving anything in return. Right. Um, 
Yeah, I was sharing with you basically the idea that I sense in the body of Christ that if if I were to say I think we should go do a give a blessing to them or do or or share a prayer of blessing or I think we should bless that family there are a lot of different ways that that's going to be interpreted always and and one of the one of the phrases that came to my heart was that uh the body almost has a spirit of um of offense towards this word uh like people have been hurt by it um it, you know in the name of Jesus you know we want to bless you and and so then someone you know a church member does something nice but then doesn't back it up with like ongoing relationship like right. it's just like this one time blessing and oh we don't actually care about you right. we're just going to kind of care mm-hmm. and do this thing one time and then so you come to our church so you come to our church or so <laughs> or so that we just look good for this moment yeah and and that's it yeah so i feel like that's something where uh practically what i would challenge us uh, to consider um, as listeners, whether you're whether you're in the business world or you are a leader or an entrepreneur or blue collar, if you have been hurt by the term blessing, if you've uh, had that experience of you know you were quote unquote blessed and then burned, I would very much uh, like you to consider uh, just sharing that pain with someone that you think can listen and yeah. just get those feelings out. Don't harbor them. Um, don't allow weeds to um, come up um, in, in soil that God very much prepared in you mm. to receive that blessing. But then um, it just, you know, for one reason or another, um, you know, it just didn't, it didn't go well. Right. And so forgiveness is key, um, but but I think forgiveness starts with you know compassion and love um, mm-hmm. being you know um, experienced in kind of the grieving process of being hurt. Yeah. So that would be a practical idea. Yeah. And guys, remember we're talking about this is even in the context of the church, where where we're where it's almost expected to be a blessing. Um, and so can you imagine if we now step into the secular world where blessing is is foreign? <laughs> I mean, like blessing, the only equivalent in the secular world of business is compensation or benefit. Yeah. Right? So like so then once again everything becomes a transaction. Right. You know, what what will you do for me and what will I give you in return? Mm-hmm. And so the, the nature of blessing is, is foreign to that world where everything is um, economy and um, getting paid for what you have done or earned. or earned. Yeah. Earned. Yeah. That's a good way to do it. And blessing, you know, is doing, doing things for people who haven't earned it, it. or deserved so it good. in any way. So good. So there's a few things that we can do, okay, in the secular world. And the first is that I would challenge you to recognize that the difference between the sacred world and the secular world is invisible. 
It is not real. <laughs> um, in the same way that our public life and our private life mm. are the same. They should be the same. Mm-hmm. You know, we worship God in our public life. We should also do it, do it in our private life. Yeah. And the things that, that motivate us as people in our character, you know... <laughs> Should, should that mean that when we enter the world of business that those things just disappear? Right. No. Right. Um, your character should be what your character is. Yeah. So, you know, as Christians, we believe in blessing because we have been blessed. You know, we have received grace. Therefore, we want to dispense grace. Um, our cup has been filled to overflowing. And from that outflow, we desire to bless others. So how can we do that in what the world would consider the secular world of business? And for a really long time, I was convinced that it's not possible. Hmm. Um, My mindset was stuck that, you know, my bosses just want me to do stuff for them and they're going to earn profit. And, and, um, you know, we're going to do everything that we can so that we can get this job done as fast as possible. But then, by, you know, with working with Gordon, really, okay, how, how can we put blessing into this? And it became, wow, how can I bless my bosses? <laughs> Man, that's a hard thing to even think about. You know, how can I be a blessing to them? How can I show the love of Christ to my bosses, to the people whom we are serving, the customers. In my context, you know, it was homeowners that wanted us to paint their house. You know, how can we bless the homeowners, which means doing things for them that they don't deserve or aren't expecting, right? right? And so practically that meant going beyond, above and beyond. That meant like um, uh, creating relationship with them, cleaning out, yeah, cleaning out gutters, you know, just doing an extremely thorough job, an unnecessarily good job, even though we weren't being compensated for it, right? right? We're just blessing them for the sake of, we want to bless you. We happen to be followers of Jesus Christ. And we think that that invades all of our life, not just our life on Sunday, which means our life and work. And so from that heart, there's a lot of different ways that we can bless without, man, where do you go from there? I want to go into the snowball effect that we were talking about. I want to go into, I think, I think that, I think we're, we're right on the precipice of just like, a challenge uh, to, 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 to really connect the dots. Um, I think we've talked briefly about obstacles. I think we've talked uh, about some practical ideas. Yeah. And I think really what's left is unpacking the, the challenge that's kind of within all of this. And I think that starts with talking about what it looks like to create momentum yeah. for uh, a multiplication effect of sorts, a... Um, uh, a snowball effect that you know creates a momentum where this becomes in every part of the process, not in just like a ministry that's like 
the go ministry and right. these people go and do they're the blessing team right so um, yeah not just a blessing team blessing church yes yeah how does that or or in the context of business not just um not just employee lunches every three months but the whole business <laughs> like yeah. the mission statement becomes yeah. one of blessing yeah. not occasional niceties and i think where that begins from my you know humble perspective is it has to begin at a supernatural place it has to begin at everybody has a soul that has experienced both tragedy and triumph pain and pleasure and every soul has a purpose right unlocked or locked Activated or unactivated, known or unknown, empowered or in bondage. Right. And so we got to start from that place of, I think, first, like really unpacking why do we feel weird about the word blessing? Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. If we're talking to a non believer, yeah. Right now. And I say, I want to be a blessing to your family. What are they what are they gonna feel? They're gonna feel, why does my family need to be blessed? Why do you think that my family is less than that you can help us somehow? I love that you have that perspective and I, I think that's a that's a common feeling. Yeah. Um another feeling that I would think of would be uh suspicion. Uh, which I think you were y- your tone was yeah. was very much dis- was displaying that, um, but suspicion less on the why and more on the um, on the what do you want from me? Right, coercion. And we talked about that already in this podcast. Yep, yep. And so this idea of I don't think people get grace. Mm. I just don't think they get uh, freely given. Yeah, and, and and Grandma Sandy is a great example, man. I think it's I think it's a a perfect example of like nowhere in that story of Grandma Sandy did you share anything about like her expectation to receive anything back. Right. You didn't share any testimony of like she expects everyone to thank her or write out this huge long you know uh, list of you know. Here's mm-hmm. what we did with the money or here's what we did with, you know, um, the gifts. She just right. freely gives. Just because she loves. Because she loves. That's it. <clears throat> and I think both Christians and non-believers, when I say non-believers just for context, I mean, I just mean people that don't believe Christ is the Messiah. Um, I be, uh, so uh, if you want me to call, if, if, you, if it's okay to say... You know, believers in something other than Christianity. Yeah, I mean, we're all believers in something. Yeah. So I, I almost feel like I'm I'm being disrespectful to some. Like, I don't think they call themselves non-believers. I'm not mm, sure. Right. I'm sure they would say you know they're agnostic or they're atheist and mm-hmm. or in both of those believers contexts, in science. They're believers in something. Right. <laughs> right. So so that in mind, um, I think a, a non-believer. Is uh, is definitely. 
in a in a culture in a, in an environment in in the in this in the business world and in 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 the, in the in the private sector um they are suspicious of blessing right grace uh, doesn't make sense to grace them. doesn't make sense yeah so um again we're 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 kind of con- con- coming to our uh, some of our final challenge points yeah so what um Let's take a minute to uh, to to we'll uh, we'll jump into another segment here and we'll mm-hmm. come up with our final challenge points. How's that? Good, sound? good. All right, everybody. Uh, I know time has flo- flown by, and uh, and I'm I'm definitely gonna have uh, Dylan as a guest again. I know y'all want to hear from him. Um, so in this last section of the podcast, uh, we already started touching on, uh, ideas around challenge. It's hard to talk about, uh, equipping and tools and, and not run into challenges, uh, naturally. So, uh, we are transitioning officially and, uh, off air, Dylan and I have, uh, come up with a few things that we want to try to point out. And uh, it's, it's all around the framework of, of changing the DNA of our understanding of blessing. And whether you're an organization or you're a business or you're an individual trying to wrap your heart and mind around what your understanding is with blessing and what your history is with blessing and what your future is going to be in regards to this idea of blessing, uh, I'm going to let Dylan kind of share some, some challenging ideas um, that we can practice this week. Yeah. So one of the things, and again, we kind of talked about this off air, <clears throat> but you become like the people that you spend time with. And, you know, right away, my, my mind thought about Moses, who went to go meet with God in the tabernacle and, you know, talking to him face to face as, as between best friends. And then when he came out of the tent of meeting, his face was shining uh, because of his raw exposure to God uh, to the point where he had to cover his face with a veil so he didn't scare people. Yeah. And so, you know, and that's, that's in general the way that the Christian life is is we behold Christ, and the more time that we spend with Christ, which practically means spend time in the Word and with fellowship with other believers and prayer, and prayer the Holy Spirit uh, slowly transforms you into the image of Jesus Christ. So, and that's the same thing with discipleship. Uh, discipleship is the practice of spending intentional time with someone to train them um, to become like Jesus. And, you know, hopefully one disciple is, is um, further along down that path than the other. And so, so ba- what I'm trying to communicate is that you become like the people who you spend time with. So in the process of trying to understand what are some ways to start to change DNA, uh, I was talking to Dylan again off the air about uh, just the church's history and, and its reputation 
uh, and it's mixed. It's it's not this like pure DNA, um, and 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 yet and yet Christ is pure, right? And right. So what does that mean, and how do we get back to Christ's DNA? Man. And so what that's going to take is surgery. Yeah. I think it's going to take... <laughs> surgery hurts. I think it's going to take um, both believers and non-believers uh, reflecting on, you know, do I... Have I ever experienced being blessed? Mm-hmm. And it really affecting me to the level of I want to also bless someone. Right. And until we have that experience... I don't think anything will change. There's right. not going to be a a uh, a need for your for your mentality uh, or or your DNA to change. But right. what I would challenge you to do is if you're with people who don't evidence blessing, don't evidence grace, don't evidence giving freely, don't evidence uh, love uh, that doesn't, uh, that that's unconditional, right? That doesn't r- expect anything in return. If you're not around people like that, um, and that can be businesses, that can be, um, relationships, uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, etc. uh, friends in general as, as, as in your, in, in relationships, if you're around people who just aren't challenging you to this idea of blessing, I would challenge you to consider looking for a friend, looking for a new network. It doesn't mean you have to say goodbye to all your friends. Mm. It just means go find another network. And uh, if you want to Facebook message Dylan uh, or myself and just say, what are some ideas for networks? You know, we'd be Mm -hmm. happy to share personal networks with you. Uh, But I also believe if you pray about it, uh, I challenge you to do that and i believe god will highlight people of peace yeah that god will put in your path that will have that dna yeah yeah you know when i think about uh being a blessing it doesn't necessarily mean financial um uh dispensing grace is probably a better way and of course that does sometimes look like um, monetary sacrifice. You know, it, it's not just about giving money to someone. It's about showing unconditional grace to someone. That is the blessing. And, you know, the the early church right after the day of Pentecost, you know, they uh, sold all their belongings um, and gave it out to whoever has need. And I, and, you know, that's a wonderful picture, but, you know, just a couple chapters later, the Hebrews were in uh, uh, disagreement with the Greeks and that perfect church image that we all cherish dissolved, you know, just within the first few chapters of Acts. Yeah. And then, of course, as we go through the Middle Ages and the Catholic Church um, selling indulgences to receive funds for the church building and for the Inquisition. And, of course, we don't have time to go into church history. But now um, I think a shift is happening again. And the shift is no longer on the importance of the church building. It is on the community of believers, the ecclesia, that is going outside of the church doors, you know, that's finally starting to fulfill the Great Commission 
and is actively being a blessing and bestowing grace on others outside of the institutional church building. Um, and so we're, man, we're, we could talk about so much. And you and I could go for a long My time. gosh. And we're, and we're used to going a long time. We are. Ten hours of theological discussion is yeah, not a joke. Is a, is a good day. So, yeah. So what I, my point in this is, no matter what context you are in, you yourself can dispense grace to the people who are around you. And it doesn't matter who you are. You know, in my context, I'd be a crew leader of a crew of four high school boys who go paint houses. Um, And by showing grace, that could mean something as simple as buying them a Diet Coke at the gas station and giving it to them. And when they say, oh, how much did this cost you? You say, don't worry about it. You know, and it's just extremely small things like that. It doesn't have to be huge, ridiculous acts of compassion. Like, I'm going to pay your mortgage this month. Yeah! yeah. It doesn't have to be like that. It's, it's small dispensations of grace. And to go back to my earlier comment, when, when someone in your life um, is one of those people who gives grace freely, you start to become like that person. And I think that's the snowball effect that we're looking for, Mm -hmm. is that it starts with one person being a blessing to others, showing grace to others, and the people who are in that person's immediate context become affected by that grace Mm -hmm. and become like that person and then slowly, as that moves out and affects more and more of the organization, grace goes with it. Yeah. And that's how whole organizations change. So, so you, you be that person yeah. in your immediate context to show unconditional grace to someone. You can do it in the next 20 minutes. Yeah. You can do it for the rest of the day. But I think it most definitely starts with prayer It starts with seeking the Holy Spirit to empower you for that specific purpose. Because once again, it's not of this world. It is of God. And so if we ever try to do any endeavor of God, then man, we need to ask for his help. And he will surely give it to you. That's awesome. Do you feel like I've had a final challenge moment yet? I really receive yours. Have I get, do you feel like I've given a practical challenge to the audience yet? Yeah. Okay. Find a network. Yes. A network good. of blessing. Good, 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 good. Yeah. Because like if you don't know what grace looks like, someone can show you. <laughs> I mean, man, I can show you if you want to. I'll take you out for lunch. Gosh darn it. And I'll pay for your lunch <laughs> to show you what grace looks like. Right. So, not expecting right. Yeah. You're not paying me back either. Man, I'll hopefully get reimbursed by my church because I'm going to run out, run out of money pretty quick. <laughs> but yeah, so just so try and find a community of blessing, of grace, and then let that affect you, right? Let it sink into your DNA, yeah. as we were talking about earlier. Yeah. And then as your, pers- as your character becomes more infused with grace you'll slowly start to affect the other people in your life yeah. with that grace. Yeah. 
So good. I want to conclude with uh, an acronym, and it's called Bless Prayer. And I want to walk that through uh, with Dylan. And so uh, I'll, I'll share the, the, the acronym first, and then we'll, we'll jump into prayer. So uh, the, the B stands for body. And so we pray for people's bodies um, for whatever they ask. And the, the L stands for labor. And so we pray for whatever that individual's main occupation or labor is. If it's a student, they're in school. If it's a adult, they're doing some type of, you know, work, career, uh, or, you know, I'm not missing you a stay-at-home mom. So, uh, you know, if you're at home, uh, you're, you're laboring to raise kiddos. Um, the E stands for emotions. And so we pray um, for godly emotions, God to touch our emotions. Uh, the S stands for our social network, our social group. Um, that would be starting with our family, then our friends, and then our extended networks. And then the last S stands for spiritual, and we specifically focus on uh, praying uh, for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that's where we start from in spiritual. Hmm. So um, I will take uh, the first few and I'll let uh, Dylan uh, finish out. Okay. So Father, we thank you so much for uh, everyone who will have an opportunity to listen and who's made it this far in uh, our conversation. God, I pray that right now you would touch uh, and and, and bless their body with healing in Jesus' name. We pray for strength in Jesus' name, God, over their body. We thank you so much for um, the healing, God, that you have administered um, through our bodies naturally, and we ask for an increase in immune system. We ask for supernatural increase, God, that uh, people would wonder, uh, how do you never get sick, or how did that heal? And we would be able to point to you, God as the healer. Thank you, God. God, we thank you for uh, the labors that uh, each listener um, is actively um, giving their lives to, uh, to provide for their families, to their friends, um, and for themselves. Uh, we thank you, God, for the talents that uh, you've given us to perform this labor. Uh, we ask, God, for uh, your hand, your skill, in your grace to be on um, everything that we do in our work. God, we thank you for our emotions. We thank you so much, God, that you have given us um, so much direction in your word, uh, and yet you uh, are, are, have allowed us to, um, to, um, to seek the mystery, to seek your heart, and to, um, to not be robots, God. Thank you so much that you've given us free will and uh, the journey to um, learning how to um, surrender our will to, uh, to a supreme, perfect will. Thank you, God. Mm. God, we ask for your blessing in, our, in the lives of the people whom we are closest with yes. and the people that we encounter yes. randomly. We ask God for opportunities um, to be the blessing, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. First, to the people that we know, and then to the people who we don't. Right. And to that end, we ask for more of the Spirit. Amen. 
We ask for the vitality of the Spirit. Amen. We ask to be equipped by the Holy Spirit to fulfill your will. Amen. That's what we need more of, God. We need more and more of your Spirit. We need more and more. We need to recognize more and more of the grace that we've been given so that we can dispense grace as well. So that we can show others the grace of Jesus Christ by doing ridiculous things for them. Unnecessary things. Things that make them wonder, why in the world did this guy do this thing for me? Right. He's outside the world. And by doing this... We can point to you. Yeah. We can bring glory to the name of Jesus Christ. Yes. And we ask all of these things in his name. Yes. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Dylan. He is someone who I could call at any time during the day and uh, is uh, more than likely willing to talk with me in length. So while he is a devoted husband and an amazing uh, family man, uh, I just really appreciate his heart to be um, a willing listener um, to anyone. So if you want to reach out to Dylan, um, he is on Facebook, Dylan Van Meveren at Sioux Falls. And, um, I just really hope that you get a chance to reach out to him and, uh, you know, sit down. I know he enjoys coffee as well. So, um, please, uh, take time to really listen, um, to, um, some of the things that stuck out to you. I hope you got to take notes and, um, And again, there were things that Dylan shared today that were just uh, gold. So thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week. This week's sponsor is Select Painting. With over a decade of professional experience in the Sioux Empire, Voted number one in local best surveys for nearly five consecutive years. Select Painting is South Dakota's largest painting company. I am honored to say that while SP continues to impact the lives of their employees and customers as they grow, the company relentlessly aims to deepen their vision of transforming lives growing in excellence. I have the honor of witnessing the owners, managers, and painters continue to practice the values of family, fun, grit, and growth in a way that changes the atmosphere of every job site they work on. In January, Select Painting is offering a special Painter for a Day package while continuing to give free estimates to residential customers. Select Painting is also at the beginning of their recruiting season while hiring positions for commercial and residential for the spring, summer, and fall of 2020. Thank you again, SP, for all you do to make this podcast a reality. And that is this week's sponsor. Welcome, everybody, to our podcast. Thanks so much for being here. I get to introduce myself today to uh, our listeners. And uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Gordon Stewart. 
I recently started this podcast as a um, branch of the TLGE network. TLGE stands for Transforming Lives, Growing in Excellence. It's a ministry out of Select Painting and Collision in Sioux Falls. And uh, it is my hope and desire that, uh, that you are blessed by this time. To introduce myself, uh, I just want to share a few brief things and uh, just uh, jump right into the podcast. So um, I've been married for six years now and I have four kiddos and um, I've been working in Sioux Falls at various jobs. I work at uh, Select Painting, I work at Collision, and uh, I've also held jobs at uh, the YMCA and in uh, school districts around the area. I am uh, a man who just desires to be simple. I desire to have um, intentional relationships. Uh, I desire to be a man who's not uh, a busy spirit. I genuinely want to be organized in my heart and my priorities. And I want people to know that uh, every time I you know, get with them in any context that, that they know I have time for them. And so um, I appreciate you taking time out of your day or out of your night or wherever you are to listen to this episode. Uh, in this episode, you'll hear part one of my testimony, and I'm excited to be able to share that with you. So we're going to start where um, my life was at when I was a senior in high school. <laughs>